This episode, we are talking about all of the MCU movies and shows that were previously announced. In talking about these upcoming projects, we will reference the previous movies and shows that they are spinning out of, with full spoilers. So if you're not all caught up on the MCU, you have been warned. Welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And with me this episode is Mr. Make Ours Marvel himself, John Wilson. How are you doing, John? I'm just going to carve my way out of this cocoon. I've been resurrected. It's been so long since we've talked, Al. It's been too long. But I'm doing great. Ready to, uh, ready to bask in the glory that is the recent Marvel announcements. Yes, so as people regularly listen to the show know, this is our end-of-the-year episode. Now, normally, this is when I do outtakes. However, most of my files about which outtakes I've used already and haven't are on a thumb drive. And that, for some reason, that is not working. But between that and also the fact that we had recently, as of today's, which was what? It was December 10th, I believe. I think Disney so. announced a whole bunch of Marvel MCU projects coming up. I figured, well, let's talk about that because I'm excited about that. And it sounds I, good. It sounds yeah. like you had to take out the outtakes. Yeah, <laughs> they're outtaked. They're outtaked. Well, if I'm able to find it, find the thing for the outtakes and put some in, well, um, future Al is going to come right around here and tell us when they're going to be, just so you know which is the outtakes and which is me and John. And if there was nothing there but a pause of silence, that means I didn't find anything and there will be no outtakes. I'm going to leave it for future Al to deal with. That's his problem, not mine. That jerk. He has it too easy. Right. I don't know why I'm agreeing so vociferously with, with your future Al being a jerk, but, you know, damn him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He'll be editing this going, damn it, John. Why? What did I do? It's what you will do, future Al. <laughs> so hold on a second. Let's throw in a promo here and then John and I will get started. Hi, I'm John Wilson. And I'm Michael Kaiser. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Make Ours Marvel. You know, here we are in 2018, 10 years into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, can you believe we live in a world where everyone's old Aunt Petunia knows who Iron Man is? It's crazy, right? So, to celebrate, we're on our mission to explore the roots of the Marvel Universe. You know you've thought about it. Some of you may have even done it. And now we're going to do it, too. We're diving back into the long boxes of Marvel's history and podcasting our way through the whole universe. All of it. Every superhero issue. And, if I can convince Mike, we'll even do Sergeant Fury. And it's not going to be one issue per episode. That'd take forever. <laughs> it's still going to take forever. But no, we're going to talk about as many comics as we can in an hour. Yep, an hour and, you know, maybe a little change. Every week, Marvel Comics. So it'd be super cool if you came along for the ride. Look for us every Friday at makearsmarvel.com. 
That's makeoursmarvel.com or on iTunes and all the other usual podcasty places. And if you want to read along with us and send us your thoughts, we might even read emails. So until Avengers Infinity War gets a spin-off Warlock and the Infinity Watch TV show, make ours Marvel. Okay, we're back. Don, so just curious, how did you, did you notice these on Twitter or did you, uh, was, you know, was like, you know, how did you notice this when you, when it was announced? So I got home one day and was just, you know, online checking out the Twitters and I heard some people like, yeah, everyone, all those Star Wars fans are throwing parties and other people saying, yeah, all those Marvel fans are so happy today, but I'm just, you know, making grilled cheese or whatever. And, um, so I was like, what, 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 what's going on? So of course, you know, being the net savvy person that I did, I, I searched on Twitter for Marvel and uh, sure enough, there was a whole slew, a uh, a plethora, shall we say, of announcements, trailers, and all sorts of, like like promo images. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so then I spent like the next three hours of my life just like watching and rewatching and scrolling through stuff. Oh yeah, same yeah, yeah. So I was on Twitter that night and I got on and somebody else retweeted the one about Fantastic Four, mm. saying they hope they do a good job. And I was like, that was announced. And I clicked on the retweet, and then I scrolled down and went, "Oh wow!" <laughs> <laughs> and then I spent a while looking, like you, like you, watching these uh, trailers and going to IMDb and looking at you know the, the people's names. They were all like, "Oh, who's this? Who's this?" So we're going to start with the first one they announced, which is not going to be a shocking announcement because everyone knew about this one that was coming very soon. We are an unusual couple. Marvel Studios' WandaVision, an original series, starts streaming January 15th on Disney+. Plus. That's so soon. I know. Oh, my gosh. That's like, that's like tomorrow in internet time. Exactly. So let's, I'm going to drop in the trailer right here for people to at least listen. And don't worry. Links will be in the show notes. You, if you hadn't, weren't able to find these, there'll be links for you to go watch some afterwards. rattling around this big house. Well, I assure you, I'm married to a man, a human one. One. We are an unusual couple. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. We just don't know what to expect. looking forward to this so much yeah it's worth pointing out since we were just hearing the audio that one of the one of the big things about this trailer is 
the visual indicator that they're going through several different genres and pastiches of certain television shows. Oh yeah, so like, looks like some like a, a Donna Reed type show, and something looks like the Brady Bunch. Right, and they start out in like an I Love Lucy situation, but and that's we've seen that quite a bit before this. But it looks like you know the, we're, we're assuming this is like um, Wanda's created reality, and as she loses hold on it, the the nat- the genre of her reality is going to shift. Yeah. Now the question is: Is there more? Because we get the grown-up Monica Rambeau, which we saw as a child mm-hmm. in Captain Marvel, and she doesn't know how she's there, who she is, or why, you know, like why she's there. So that, that makes you start to wonder, okay, who are the other characters, and why does that one woman keep winking so much? Is she important? Exactly. And hold on, I'm looking up her name. Her actor or character name? A character name. Okay, Agnes. Somebody. Uh, I believe it was Jeffrey Brown actually mentioned this on Twitter. He put a picture picture of her and a couple of Agatha Harkness saying, look at the brooch. I wonder if that's Agatha Harkness. As soon as you said Agnes, I thought Agatha Harkness. Yes. I wonder if we're going to be getting Agatha Harkness in the MCU now. Oh, we need to. That needs to happen, especially if it's Wanda's story. Yes, bring on Agatha Harkness. Or a version of her, at least. And we also get a couple other characters. We're having Randall Park coming back as Jimmy Woo from the second Ant-Man movie. Okay. I didn't notice him, but I, oh, that's right. Yes, yes. I did see him. And I'm kind of, I mean, it's not the same one, but I've been doing a reread of some things, including the Agents of Atlas series. And mm-hmm. he's a huge part of it. And I, I was like, wow, I forgot how much I love Jimmy Woo as a character. I think he was the main S.H.I.E.L.D. character in the Godzilla series, wasn't he? I believe so. Yeah, he's one of them. I think it was him and Dum Dum Dugan. Right. And is he the character that had like a 50s counterpart as well? Was actually a, 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 an Atlas character? Here's the thing. In the Agents of Atlas series, he was fighting the Yellow Claw. And I know the Yellow Claw had a series in the 50s. But I haven't gone back and read the Yellow Claw issues. So I don't know if they just put that in or if he actually was in it. I am looking him up right now. Jimmy Woo. Um, Chinese American, yes, first appeared in Yellow Claw number one. So whenever he shows up in you know the in the Marvel universe, he's an imported character from Atlas. Okay, so that even makes more sense why they put him in that Atlas series, since that was all imported 50, 40s and fifties characters. Mm-hmm. Which, if no one's ever read that, it's a really good series. So I recommend it because I enjoyed it a lot. I just mainlined all of it over the last like two three weeks. Because they're all on Marvel Unlimited, and that was a lot of fun. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And also, besides those two characters, we also have Kat Dennings coming back as Darcy from the Thor movies. Oh, I missed her. Was she in the Was she in the trailer? I don't think she was in the trailer, but she's definitely listed as a cast member on um, IMDb. Okay, I think I have seen that because my brain's saying that I knew Darcy was coming back. I just I don't know. I forgot I was here. But yeah, I'm watching. I'm looking at the trailer now without sound, obviously. And yeah, we have like. Something looks like Bewitched. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and there's Agnes winking. And there's also that one scene where, where the vision looks like a Halloween, and the vision has what looks like a the exact comic costume on over. It right. kind of reminds me of E.T., the, ho- the trick-or-treating scene. Oh, yeah, which then reminds me of uh, Stranger Things, since that was you know basically homaging yeah. all that. And since the Scarlet Witch will be appearing in one of the upcoming movies the Doctor Strange movie, I wonder if that's going to, if this is going to tie into that. Oh yeah, they've said it will. 
They've said it will. Okay. How it's going to tie in, I don't know, because there is an increasing gap between the release of this series and the release of that film. They were supposed yes. to be within a handful of months of each other, and now it's going to be over a year, because yeah. I think COVID has affected the production of the films. Yeah, which makes sense. Right. And by the way, I want to mention, all of these TV shows I'm seeing, they all appear to be six episodes long. So they're all miniseries. Okay. You know, I, cool. I, I thought about this when it happened. I don't know if Marvel, whenever they announced all of their Phase 4 TV shows a year and a half ago or two years ago, whenever that was, I don't know if it was as already their plan, but they seem to have decided to shift the majority of their storytelling away from feature films and into short-form TV. And, you know, depending on how successful this is, they could be signing the death warrant for theatrical, like, that whole version of film. Mm. Well, I mean, it is a lot easier to do these kind of stories in TV than movies, because in the movie, you only have the two hours to get whatever you need to do, where in the right. TV shows, they have they now have six hours. I, I think there's always been, like, a sort of a tiered aspect to appearing on TV versus appearing in films. But if you're doing, like, short-form cable productions with a budget behind you like Disney has, where it's like you're doing a feature film, but it's just the the structure is different, then maybe those, you know, higher-profile film stars will be like, okay, yeah, this works. I can, I can do this. Yeah. It's not a major commitment. They're not asking to be on 24 episodes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's the first one. That's coming out January 15th. So I'm looking forward to that a lot to see what happens there. So the next thing I have here is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness debuts March 25th, 2022, like you said, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wan, Rachel McAdams. There are two Benedicts in this one? No. Oh, oh yeah, there is. That's right. Yeah, Benedict Wong. I, I believe that's Wong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, His I name didn't is realize. Wong. Well, that's easy. I remember seeing that the actor's name was Wong. I did not remember his name being Benedict, though. That's funny. Yeah. They, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. I'm going to look up later and try and drop it in here. Chiwelter Elgifor. He played Mordo in the first one. I will find it. Yeah. He's also no. He also, people might recognize him if they saw the Serenity movie from the Firefly TV series. He was the operative that they had a fight in that movie. I would go with Chiwetel Ejiofor, yeah. Okay. And again, another name I don't have to pronounce because it has an X in it. X-O-C-H-I-T-L? Soshi. Soshi Gomez as America Chavez. Right. America Chavez. She's yeah. getting her screen debut right next to one of the other big young character announcements we're going to be talking about here in a little bit. Yeah. Directed by Sam Raimi. Okay. The film well, ties. The, oh, wait, let me finish this. The film ties the Wandavision and the next Spider-Man film. And Sam Raimi's directing it. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Of course, that doesn't mean anything. It can be great. It can be whatever. Sam Raimi is just, you know, one of those names that has gone down in history. Um, but I'm, I am amused that after having directed three Spider-Man films, he is doing Ditko's other creation. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about that. That's awesome. Or, or at least other big creation. Of course, Ditko's career is not just Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, but that that that. But for Marvel, yeah, 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 yeah. As far as Marvel's concerned, that that those are the big two that he did. 
But yeah, so I, I mean, I really liked the Doctor Strange movie. I did I, too. I did too. I, I liked how they did something different at the end. It wasn't just a big fight. It was the whole the whole bargaining thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he they did it a little different. There was still a big fight. There was all the um, stuff in the city and changing reality and running through everything. But yeah, yeah, it, at least you know, it was attempting something different. So we're going to see. I guess WandaVision, Once we get to the end of that, we'll hopefully have some idea how that's tying in. But we're getting the introduction of America. Which I haven't read any of her more recent stuff. I just haven't had a chance to. But I do remember when she was introduced years ago. I was reading that miniseries that she was introduced in. Let me look that up see if that was. And while you're looking that up, she I, I believe she was intended to be a new version of the Ms. America character from like a while back. Yes. They, just, they changed her name because that's an outmoded name. Yeah. But yeah Vengeance number one from 2011. Marvel had a series that was just called Vengeance. Yes. All right then. Yeah, yeah. It, it introduced her, and it also introduced a character who I don't think he went anywhere called Ultimate Nullifier. A character called the Ultimate Nullifier. Yes. Well, no, the just Ultimate Nullifier. Okay. 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 I have to remember that for my course Marvel exit thing. <laughs> Yeah, so that's where I mainly know her from. So I, I remember being being like, oh, that's cool that they you know created some new characters with these old names. Definitely. So that's an interesting thing. So I'm looking forward to that movie, especially with all the stuff they're doing. And while I did enjoy the Netflix series and stuff, I do like the fact that they're – I mean, and they de- technically did tie in. And I thought it was kind of nice the way they did things were like beforehand were like, if you just want to watch the MCU stuff, you you know, the Marvel, the movies, you could. If you want to watch just the Netflix stuff, you could. Or if you want to watch, like, Agent Carter and S.H.I.E.L.D., you could without having to watch the others. But they did tie in. I do like it even better now that there's even more of a tie-in now. It feels more like a, a, a real a representation of the actual Marvel Universe. Right. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things about the Marvel Universe is you don't have to buy every comic. You buy the events, and when you want to buy every chapter at an event, you can choose to do so. But, like, I, I think Marvel struck was trying to strike a balance that maybe didn't resonate with as many people as they wanted it to, because I certainly, you know, heard complaints about this. But there were definitely properties that tied into the bigger picture, and there were properties that just didn't. And they coexisted, and they were in the same universe because there was no reason for them not to be. But, like, Cloak and Dagger weren't going to go show up at the fight, you know? Yeah. So, I liked that. I thought that approach was refreshing. But I, I, based on what I heard people say and the reasons people were complaining about stuff, I think it really didn't resonate with people. You have Cloak and Dagger was, like, a seriously experimental TV show. And it did a lot of, you know, stuff that TV doesn't often do instead of tying into, you know, Thanos and the Gauntlet, which I think is what people wanted yeah, I will say one thing about these because they're all six episodes. Is I did feel like a lot of the Netflix series sometimes seemed like they lagged a bit because there were being thirteen episodes, mm-hmm. and so I think six episodes is perfect. It kind of feels like, especially back in the eighties, where you had so many mini, you know, four issue miniseries for so many characters to give them like right. a little chance to stretch out. That that's what this feels like. A lot of those shows would try to do like a two arc season story format. But even then, sometimes it felt like there was just too much episode and not enough story. Yeah. 
the one I thought they could have actually dealt with the easiest was Iron Fist, where I'm like, they should have just done like the Immortal Iron Fist TV show, comic series, and just every couple episodes had an episode featuring one of the past Iron Fists. Mm. And that would have been perfect then, because then they could have done like three or four of those and only had really had to deal with like nine episodes right. of the main story. But that's neither here nor there. Well, anything else you want to say on Doctor Strange? No, we have it's one we've heard one of the least things about because it's you know still so far down the pike. But hearing the names of the characters are going to be involved and some of the you know new people coming along is exciting. Yeah. All right. So the next two tweets on here because they're about the same show. Marvel Studios: The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, an original series, starts mm-hmm. streaming March nineteenth on Disney Plus. And then we have one with the trailer. The legacy of that shield is complicated. And we get the trailer for Falcon and Winter Soldier. First trailer. Very exciting one. Yes. Oh, that looks so cool. This looks so cool. Um, and I like those characters. I like these two characters, too. So Lily said, buddy cop movies are a thing of the past. If those boys aren't gay for each other, I'm turning it off. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I can ship that. Well, we'll see. We'll have to see. But it looks exciting as hell. Yeah. The legacy of that shield is complicated. something to get behind. They need the symbol. So what's our plan? So no plan. Great. cyborg brain of yours you don't want to know oh yeah i can see it working gears turning oh they're malfunctioning they're on fire god i hate you and i love that it's it feels like a captain america movie you know captain america by name is not present but it's all about him it's all about his legacy they put his music in there the 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 shield is the theme of the show as far as how they're presenting it to us before it comes out. Um, I believe the bad people, the bad guys in the story are going to be Captain America based bad guys. So it just feels like this is a Captain America story, and it's the kind of thing we might have done in the comics if we didn't have to always perpetuate Steve Rogers. Yes, 
Now, do you have an interest in hearing about some of the people who are cast in this, like the characters? Uh, uh, no, I, I don't want to hear that. No, of course I do. Okay, let's make sure. <laughs> well, Zemo will be back. I heard about that. So that's pretty cool because I, I, I did feel like he was underserved. Yeah. And as well, we're going to have Sharon Carter, who yes. is definitely underserved in the movies. Yes. Because the kind of the subplot with her was kind of completely dropped after Civil War. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have the introduction of John Walker, the U.S. agent. Yes, which, you know, in a whole story about who will wield the shield, having John Walker as one of the contenders, one of the people that maybe they have to work against, makes total sense. Yeah, and I'm really hoping by the end he actually, Sam Wilson actually does take the mantle up. I would like him to. I think, you know, I, I realize that Bucky has been capped in the comics, and I realize there's a lot of desire to see him take up the shield. But honestly, it needs to go to Sam. It just needs yeah. to be Sam's. Yeah. Well, he's the one. He's also the one that he, the shield was given to. Right. So, and Bucky I mean, rejected it. And in the story that we were given in the in the films, Sam's the Sam is the one. That is the Captain America's um, heir, just just emotionally and the the arc we were given because Bucky's you know been a Winter Soldier for so long. Yeah, and uh, like unlike in the comics, they can do this change because the actor is gone. It's not like the comics where it's like okay, well let's just bring back Steve Rogers again. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't really have that option. I it, I think this is our first hints of. You know, probably back in 2008, people were asking, well, what are they going to do whenever these actors age out of the roles? Well, we're going to start getting that answer. Yeah. And, I mean, they can still have this Marvel Universe continue on. I mean, I, I know some people said they should start rebooting, but it's like, no, we can actually keep this going for a little while because we have so many characters to bring in that they can start aging out some of the characters and bring in new ones to be the temples. Mm -hmm. You know, when we, we start losing some of these people, it's time to start bringing in the X-Men. Yeah. Just random thought on the X-Men. Um, you know, we had that five-year gap in the Marvel history. And I, you know, whenever I saw that happen, I, I was thinking about it afterwards. I was kind of like, that gives room for mutants to start manifesting powers without being in the headlines of whatever Marvel events are going on at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I... I have no idea what they're going to do because we have no idea if and when they're even going to do the X-Men. Well, they've said they are, so we know they are. But how they're going to do it, we don't know. But yeah, yeah, that's my thought. That was Falcon and Winter Soldier. Now, this might be the TV series I'm looking forward to the most. All we have is the quote, glorious. Loki, <laughs> an original series from Marvel Studios, is coming May 2021. And yes, it is Tom Hiddleston back as Loki. Lily has been in love with him since she was 12. <laughs> and she saw the trailer for this. And it took a little bit of, you know, sort of drinking with that trailer. I honestly, although the series itself, I'm super anticipating. I didn't really care much for the trailer as far as what it gave us about the show, you know? Okay. But the, the hype is definitely there. The excitement is definitely there. Get your 
You're taking me somewhere to kill me. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. Where I lie, I don't like to talk. But you do like to lie, which you just did. Because we both know you love to talk. Talky, talky. How long have you been here? I don't know, it's hard to say. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll catch up. Glorious. is going to be in it which is kind of cool so Owen Wilson's going to be in the Loki series and Luke Wilson's in Stargirl <laughs> it'll be like a uh, like a crossover yeah uh, we have the Time Variance Authority which I've never read a single comic that involves them oh I ha- I've read several they were especially used a lot in the late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. um, I, I know if you read some of Simonson's Fantastic Four run they appear there they're kind of like bureaucrats who deal with time travel and stuff and making sure things work fine. And I'm really hoping that Owen's character is named Mark because the way they did it all, especially like with Simonson, all the people who work for the time variance authority look like Mark Grunewald. <laughs> so I'm really hoping his name is Mark. Um, they have announced his character name, although they may use something different in the show. Oh, they have. I don't remember. Maybe he is maybe Mobius, Mobius and Mobius. Oh, okay. Hmm. I don't well, I know hope who that is. Uh, just looking him up. The Honorable Mr. Moby M. Mobius was originally a member of junior management. Uh, he appeared in Fantastic Four in the 350s, uh, She-Hulk Volume 2, a few issues. So he's not a lot of appearances, but, yeah. but that's well, him. Hopefully somebody will be. Maybe they'll just, maybe they'll just make them all look the same. I don't know. But we'll see. But Because he's not, because at least in IMDb, he's not listed as a character. He just has, it just says Owen Wilson, six episodes. Gotcha. And I don't really see anyone else that I know of, or at least other people who are cast don't really have names other than Tom Hiddleston is Loki. Mm-hmm. And then like Lucas Bastion is his male shopper in one episode. Well, you know, you, you, you got to buy groceries. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so there's that. There's even, there looks like there's a scene with Loki from the vote Loki thing they did back in 2016. Where it looks like he's set up to like running for some kind of office. Okay, I don't remember that vote Loki thing. Wait, what was that about? I didn't read it, but I just know it was a miniseries that happened at that time. Oh, it was a comic. Okay, comic story. Yeah. But also, I'm wondering what they're. Here's the thing, guys. I saw some people mention it. And now we're watching a trailer. I realize what they're doing. 
they have that one part towards the end of the trailer where he's on the plane and then he jumps off. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot like the criminal D.B. Cooper, who I don't know if you heard of him or not. He was very famous in the 70s. He was on a plane and basically hijacked the plane very politely, got all the money, had the plane take off again, parachuted out and vanished forever. Wow. He has never been seen it. again. No one has a clue what happened to him, if he lived, if he died. It's just completely unknown. Well, spoilers. He's me. Oh, okay. Well, uh, damn it. Oh, cool. Exclusive news, folks. <laughs> of course I've heard of him. He's me. <laughs> His storyline has been used in other TV shows. Uh, Prison Break. One of the one of the criminals there was supposed to be really be D.B. Cooper, but unknown. Uh-huh. And I know these and other things. So it's one of those like, you know, legends now because it actually happened and no one knows happened. But yeah, if you look at if you look at the pictures of him and then you go back and look at the Loki thing, it looks a lot like that. So I wonder if that's especially the time variance authority, if they're going to have like a kind of time travel thing going on here. Well, yeah, with the different um, uh, fonts I, and, you know, my impression was that he was going to be universe hopping in this. Yeah. So whether it's some um, like. Exiles type story or what? I don't know, but and the, the idea of having the time variance authority where they're you know involved in keeping the multiverse in order, mm-hmm. yeah, time hopping sounds seems reasonable. Plus, there's that one part where he jumps out of the plane. He says, "Heimdall, I hope you're paying attention." <laughs> and well, but here's the thing: if you saw Infinity, if you saw Infinity War, Heimdall's dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. So do we have a time, like I said, maybe it's universe hopping, maybe it's time travel. Maybe it's just a, come back. A funny line because I don't I don't know if Aegis Hemdall has been or Aegis Elba, Aegis Heimdall. <laughs> if Aegis Elba has been cast for the film or the show. If he has, he's not listed in IMDB at least. Yeah. But but I mean now granted, of course, it depends on the way the the, the uh, trailers are cut, but you see him jump out of the plane and while he's fla- falling down, the Bifrost comes and takes him away. Okay. So somebody was. Watching. I confess I didn't really know a whole lot of what I was seeing in that trailer. You know what I mean? Like it was hard to read. I didn't really understand all the scenes, but that's okay. Yeah. And I do like that scene in the elevator of him and Will Wilson. I don't like to talk. Well, that's a lie. You like to talk? <laughs> talky 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 talk. <laughs> Good stuff. So that's Loki. And coming up next, space, time, reality. It's more than linear path. What if mm. coming summer 2021? Space. Time. Time. Reality. It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility. Well, that doesn't sound ominous at all. You sure don't seem too freaked out about all this, kid. 
What you doing out there all by yourself anyway? Exploring the world. Sounds fun. But why stop at one world when we can show you all of them? Vast new realities. Follow me and dare to face the unknown. And ponder the question What if? Give me the tour. To me, this is one of the coolest ideas. Yes. I think doing it animated is a is a great choice because you can get the actors' voices in there and make it feel authentic, but you don't have to worry about making it look. Exactly. You don't have to get cast. You don't have to get costuming. You don't have to do all of that. And it's a lot easier for them to do a voice acting for an episode or two than to actually show up on set and do something. Right. You know, voice now, acting probably done at home, possibly even done at home or a local studio, even if they're nowhere near you. Speaking of that, you're on MDiv. Is Chadwick Boseman listed in the cast? Oh, let me look. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, we do see what looks like a what if version. Besides the one what if, which we knew already, which was what if Peggy Carter became a super soldier. And she basically have. Yeah. What what if uh, what if. T'Challa had become Star-Lord. Whenever Yondu comes to Earth and picks up a small child. What if he went to a different part of the globe and picked up a different small child? Uh, i.e. you know namely to uh, t'challa skimming through skimming through i don't see him listed okay but besides jeffrey wright playing the watcher oh he was on um oh what's it called the big hbo show uh, uh he played felix Leiter in the reboot uh the more recent uh james bond movies star right. royale westworld that's what it's called Okay. He was really so on that one. He was he was a big player in Westworld. He was a great voice. He also was apparently a character called BT in the Hunger Games movies. Yes, yes, he was in the Hunger Games movies. I remember that. But besides him, we have now most of these are just for one episode each, but we have Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter, Josh Brolin as Thanos, Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark, Michael Douglas as Ant-Man, Dr. Hank Pym, Karen Gillan as Nebula. Jeff Goldblum is a grandmaster. Sean Gunn is Craglin. Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Tom Hiddleston is Loki. Uh, Dijmon Hansu is Korath. Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. Toby Jones is Armin Zola. Michael B. Jordan is El Killmonger. Neil McDonough as Dum Dum Dugan, which I didn't realize for a while that he was also playing uh, what's his face on uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow. Damien Dark. <gasps> Oh my gosh. And he's so much fun as Damien Dark, especially on Legends. He really is. I did not realize that was him. And as soon as you say it, I can totally see it. Yeah. Jeremy Renner is Clint Barton Hawkeye. Natalie Portman is Jane Foster. Michael Rooker is Yondu. Paul Rudd is Ant-Man Scott Lang. Mark Ruffalo is Bruce Banner the Hulk. Sebastian Stan is Bucky. We got Taserface and Dr. Erskine and Korg. So they're they're really going the gamut of the different branches of the MCU and taking a spin on our ideas. 
Yeah. That's going to be cool. Very cool. Very much looking forward to that. Yeah, because I liked What If. What If is a good series, and it's hard because it's not always good stories. Yeah. But when it's good, it's like, oh, wow. Especially if they can avoid the trap of What If of making every issue end with, and everybody dies. Right. It's like, wow, every alternate universe is horrible. Everyone dies always. It's like, we we, we told the story the best way the first time, showed you... It's like that's that okay, but that's not really what I want to read. There was a hint yeah, of some, a Marvel zombie uh, bit yeah. in that, and there was Doctor Strange fighting Doctor Strange. Yes. What if I can't believe they're making that a series? That's crazy. You know, whenever they showed the um, the trailer for the six one six series, I thought mm. at first that I was looking at a what if trailer. Just because of some of the the camera work that's done in the first parts of the trailer, I wasn't sure what it was what I was watching. But yeah. All right, so we're gonna do one more, and then we're gonna pause and do some email we got, and then we'll go back to them. So this is a movie that's coming out soon. Production is just wrapped for Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and we are excited to share the fantastic cast bringing the film to life. It comes July 9th, twenty twenty one. So we're getting Shang Chi. Yes. Which that's gonna be that. Hopefully, that'll have some cool fighting in it. Because one of my Twitter followers was like, "Someone needs to do a Shang Chi podcast," and they're right. They do. I I need to read more of that. I've read one or two issues. So actually, I have I I remember. I don't know much about him, but I do know because one of the characters I sh- I show is Razor Fist. Mm-hmm. And I do remember him as a villain in the Legend of the Ten Rings. So we're gonna get more of like maybe the real Mandarin. See, okay, here's the thing about the Mandarin, and I love the, the way this, is have, this has evolved. The Mandarin, as a character concept, is completely outmoded, completely backwards thinking. You have a guy who is called the Chinese guy, and it is his job to be like, you know, the Chinese, the, so, so there's all that. So whenever they chose in the Iron Man films to do a twist on the Mandarin instead of using you know a somewhat questionable highly questionable stereotype as their villain they decided to do a a a treatment of how we respond to terrorism and like that whole aspect of the world i really liked that i know i did enjoy that i enjoyed that too and the only reason i'm asking about is because they're talking about the 10 rings right and so they you know we hear 10 rings you've got to hear mandarin right like that those those two ideas go together yeah. Um, and they hinted at it back in our, the first Iron Man film. So since 2008, we've been looking for a Mandarin. They did the whole All Hail the King, where they revealed that there actually is a real Mandarin. And then they let it go. And that was like 2013 that that short film came out. Mm-hmm. And now they're doing a story about a Chinese character directed by an Asian-descended director filled with Chinese and other Asian um, actors. And if you're going to do a film that involves a Chinese villain, this is the context you want to do it in. Yeah. Ooh, Michelle Yeoh's in it. I like her. I know. She's awesome. If only we could get Ming-Na Wen in this too. (laughs) True, true. I've I've been listening to... She's awesome. I've been listening to a Star Trek um, book, Star Trek Die Standing, which is all about... Um, Giorgio in the um, the mirror universe version of her, and I, I I love that character, and Michelle Yeoh does such great things with her. 
Now, what you said about the Mandarin is true. And the thing is, they could do a couple things here because in the comics, and it was one of the reasons they had a problem with reprinting Shang-Chi for the longest time, is Shang-Chi is supposed to be the son of the pulp fiction character Fu Manchu. Mm, that's a choice. So that's a choice they could do. They also, I thought I remember reading somewhere about this, they also could do the Yellow Claw. And I know they used him in the Atlas series, but they did try and make it not, I mean, they said his name wasn't Yellow Claw. It was like Master Claw, or Master Plan or something. Like Yellow Claw was like a racist thing they called me in the 50s. Like that, that's, that's a way to update that. Sure, I'll, I'll buy yeah. that for a dollar. Yeah. yeah, they're like, that's what they called me back then. It's like, that's not by name. That right. was just what they called me in America in the 50s because, well, it was America in the 50s. And that, these were horrible, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, they could do some version of the Claw character. So we'll see if it's going to be one of those or any of them. Or I don't know. Something completely different. Exactly. But I'm looking forward to Shang-Chi because I like Shang-Chi as a character. I just like the concept of him. It's pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. like Karate Kid from the Legion of Superheroes. It's like, what's your superpower? You know, I can, I'm invulnerable. What about you? I can read minds. And you, I can kick everyone's butt. Everyone in the room, including you. Yeah. I, how do I get in this? How do I get in this group? Well, I'm going to beat up Superboy for two minutes. How's that sound? <laughs> and then he does. Even though I've read a lot of Shang-Chi, I do like the concept of Shang-Chi. So I'm looking mm-hmm. Hi, this is High Priest of Conchu Ray from Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast, and fellow collective member. You are listening to Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Enjoy. All right. Unless we have anything else to talk about Shang-Chi, let me do one of our two emails. Uh, the only thing I was going to say about it is that I kind of wish we had gotten a trailer since they've wrapped production on it, but yeah. I guess it's not time yet. No. Okay, so our first email is one I actually missed when it first came out. It came to me June 26th, and I didn't notice it for a few months. And I emailed him back. I'm like, did I talk about Do you remember hearing me read your email? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, sorry. So from David Spothworth, it's entitled Bill Mantlo and the Soul Gems. So it's about Marvel Team-Up 55, which we covered was, with Donovan Morgan Grant. That sounds like a, a band. It does. Hi, Al. I think of this Marvel Team-Up issue as a nice little palate cleanser before the main course of Starlin's 70s Thanos Warlock finale. I've come to a slightly greater appreciation of Bill Mantlo's work over the years. His horrendously awful Alpha Flight run in the mid-80s put me off him for a long while, and I never thought of his Hulk run as anything more than average. But I do have to appreciate that he brought his A-game to the two licensed properties that basically became his own creations, Rom and the Micronauts. I believe it was Mantlo's own idea to get Marvel licensed Micronauts. Well, if that's true, good for him, because probably, with the exception of Star Wars and Rom, Micronauts was one of their better-selling you know, uh, licensed properties. Mm-hmm. It's, I've read a little bit of it, especially the X-Men Micronauts miniseries, but I need to read more. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only part of it I've read, really, beyond whatever they appear in other things. It's uh, Micronauts is kind of a blank, is a blind spot for me. And really, they appear in a lot of books. It's just they're too small to see sometimes. They don't really talk or anything. <laughs> they're always there. <laughs> it's like that one X-Man who all, his power is he's forgotten as soon as you look away from him. That's right. I'm here. Hello. Secret Wars. We're right here. We're helping. No, yep. no one. We're going to hang up this Deadpool character. Apparently he's here too. Apparently. Anyway, going on. Mantlo is Marvel's ultimate hack writer, a description I use with no prejudice. 
He was the guy, as you said, who the editor could depend on to get a story written to any requirement by any deadline. He was the Vince Coletta of Marvel writers, and it's no wonder he became, I believe, the big favorite of Jim Shooter. Saying all that, there's stuff you have to credit him with. You were talking about the limitations of the Marvel team-up format compared to the other Spidey books. Well, Mantlo did create Gene DeWolf, the first character to become a regular supporting cast player for Marvel team-up. I didn't know he created Gene DeWolf. Yeah, she she first appears, I want to say, no, that's not true, but it's around the Chris Claremont part of, of Marvel team-up. And yeah, she's in Marvel team-up first. And when you first meet her, there's there's no indication that she's going to be some, like, you know, big character, which, you know, she never gets, like, huge status until her last big story. Um, yeah. I think that last big story elevates her in people's minds because she wasn't the hugest character before that. She was just a regular. Okay, so it was more the last story that does the most for her. Right. Ironic- ironically enough. It's kind of like if Gwen Stacy hadn't died, would we idolize her as much as we do? This issue does have the distinction of being the first issue to show other beings with, quote-unquote, soul gems. And it makes sense if the gardener's gem was a time gem, since his whole thing was about speeding up the growth of plants. But did you realize there had been another gem in a Captain Marvel issue a few months earlier? In the final Englehart issue, on the planet Deneb 4, Marv and Rick were drawn inside a gem where their essences battled each other. I guess by the nature of that battle, that must have been a mind gem. There was no reference to the nature of this gem in the issue, but in the coming Avengers Annual, Thanos noted he found one of the gems on Denim 4. Cheers, David. Which we did mention when we were talking about the annual. Okay. And Denim 4 is a Star Trek reference. Yes. I remember we looked that up at the time. One of those things that I always wondered as as, as a young person was, where do these um, gems all come from? Like, who had them before these people had them? And knowing that they had some appearances is pretty cool. Yeah, and Starlin obviously picked up on that because he didn't write the... Obviously, Englehart wrote that Captain Marvel issue and Starlin picked up on it mm-hmm. and made it one of the gems. That's cool. Thank you, David. All right, let me go back to Twitter. Let's see what else we got here. Ms. Marvel, a newer character of the Marvel comics, has grabbed the world's imagination, and we are excited to announce Aman Vellani as Kamala Khan. Ms. Marvel, an original series from Marvel Studios, is coming late 2021 to Disney+. Plus. This is one of those had to happen kind of moments. Oh, but yeah. knowing that has actually happened is so delightful. I'm just so happy that this is happening. Now, when I checked IMDb just the other day, the only two people cast was her and somebody playing her friend Bruno. Right, and we show, we see clips of them interacting in the uh, in the sizzle reel. Yeah, yeah. This isn't really yeah, like you said, yeah, it's sizzle reel. It's not really a trailer. We just kind of like bits of her and. Some other talking stuff. about her casting and i love the reaction shots they put in there of her finding out the news that was great yeah but i'm looking for so i, I like miss marvel i haven't read a lot of her stuff but i've read some of the especially the first series she had and i liked it mm-hmm. plus as somebody who spent most of his life living in jersey it's nice for marvel at least that we get some representation besides the toxic avenger and that there was a three issue miniseries that came out called the craptacular b-sides uh, who lives in Jersey. <laughs> well, it is Jersey after all. <laughs> and that, but no, I'm just kidding. But that's that's all your representation you get in Marvel with Jersey is just people crapping on it. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's not much better in DC. I mean, depending on whether you go by the Atlas of the DC Universe or not, we might have Gotham and Bloodhaven. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, Batman's cool, but is it really something to crow about that you have Gotham City? I mean... Who wants to live there? 
Right. If I'm in D.C., I'm like, I want to live in Metropolis or Opal City or something else that's pretty cool. I don't want to live in Gotham. I'll probably be dead. You will. Uh, you, you would not survive Gotham out. I'm sorry. I, I think the life average life expectancy in Gotham is like 40. <laughs> so, and it's not like Bloodhaven's much better. Nope. No, it, 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 it's worse, isn't it? I mean, it's called yeah. Bloodhaven. Yeah. Finally, some good from representation of, you know, it being a nice place and, you know, actually having a, a her, actual heroic character. That is cool. So, um, just on that front, I'm looking forward to it just to see. Even though I never lived in Jersey City, I know that's where she's based. But still, hey, it's New Jersey. I'll take it. But yeah, there's not really much to talk about for that because we really don't know much about it. Yeah, it's just that it's one of Marvel's breakout hits, which is great because it's the kind of book that you want to be a breakout hit. And I think, you know, historically speaking, there have been a lot of attempts to include new kinds of characters that didn't take off and people aren't talking about 10 years later. But this one did. Yeah, good for her. Looking forward to see how they do that. I'm looking forward for more information about the show. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the name Marvel, Brie Larson returns as Carol Danvers in Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel 2, directed by Nia DaCosta. Joining the cast are recently announced Ms. Marvel, Amon Vellani, and Monica Rambeau, played by WandaVision's Tiana Paris. Uh, comes out November 11th, 2022. So I saw the trailer for WandaVision, and I noticed, what was the actor's name? Uh, I'm hope I'm probably butchering it. Tiana, T-E-Y-O-N-A-H. Mm-hmm. I, I saw her in it, and I was like, who is that? Um, she looks like she could be Monica Rambeau, but I don't want to just presume. But I also had no reason to know why that character would be in the Scarlet Witch story. But then seeing this announcement, you know, a few minutes later, I was like, oh, that was her. Yeah. Although, again, not sure why she's there. The same reason why I'm not sure why Kat Dennings is there. You know, Darcy's there either. Mm-hmm. Although one of the later announcements makes me wonder if that's why. But we'll get I'll get to that when we get to that one. But, yeah, so Captain Marvel's back. Yes. Which means a lot of people will be angry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So someone tweeted or, or Facebooked or something, um, you know, I don't think we really uh, appreciate just, you know, the fact that there were two Captain Marvel movies from two different companies, two different versions of the character released, you know, within a handful of months of each other. And I was like, no, 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 they we we did notice. Did you see the Twitter war? Did you see the fandom flames? It was not pretty. Why can't people just like things? Yeah. And if you don't like it, then don't watch it. There's plenty of things I have not liked in the last couple of years. You probably don't know about them. Know why? I just don't care. Because <laughs> you you don't go online and gripe about them? I go, that's, okay. That's, what no kind interest. of person are you? <laughs> I go, all right. No interest. Don't care. Moving on. Moving on with your life. Yeah. And I'm happier that way. But I did enjoy Captain Marvel. I thought it was good. I did, too. I really, really did. And... It was an ex- my my daughter was younger than we all were younger than my daughter was younger than and um, seeing a film with a lot of the sentiments and themes and messages of that film just made her well up inside. It was a really great experience for her. Oh, good. Oh, well, that's good. That's awesome. Then that's great. Yeah. And I will say this about that real quick. I know some people were bitching about how Captain Marvel was played, but they did everything Marvel you know was supposed to be you know, happen with Marvel. He. Mm-hmm. Gave it, you know, causes Carol to get her powers. He 
dies not in battle. You know, he does not die heroically. And he is more of a hero to the scrolls than to the Kree. That's exactly how it went for him in the comics. I mean, they didn't do the the, the events exactly, but those are the big things for him. And that's that's how it went in the comics. That's how it went in the movie. The only thing is that, you know, Marvel didn't star in this story. But this isn't Marvel's story. This is a story about another character, and they change yeah. things to suit that narrative, and it's fine. Yeah, just like they changed Ant Man to be about Scott Lang. They still included Hank Pym, right? But it's not his story. I wonder why no one's, I mean, griping so vociferously that Hank Pym isn't, you know, the active Ant Man, and that Janet Van Dyne isn't the active Wasp. I mean, it's almost like since Paul Rudd was the star of that film, it was just. It was just accepted. Hmm. 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 Anyways. <laughs> anyway. So cool. But like we said, you know, we have another year on that one. Because that's not coming out till next that's not coming out till well, not next year, the year after. Although we're almost at next year. So much time. And I wonder, you know, I wonder if they're going to tie it into one of the other projects that are coming up on soon. Yeah. Because it certainly set it up. True. The first one did. Well, we'll find out. Need a podcast talking about weird stuff? Well, then we've got just the thing for you. Into the Weird, a podcast chronicling the madness and magnificence of the mighty Marvel Bronze Age of comics. Featuring the voice talents of Mr. Billy Delicious. Hola. Mr. Herman Hellstrom Lowe. Hey there. And straight from the long box of darkness, his infernal majesty, Dormammu. How are you? And many more. But wait a minute. You might be thinking, aren't all comics infused with a grain of weirdness? I mean, Reed Richards can stretch every single part of his body, right? And why did Ultron design the vision with working genitalia? Well, you would be correct, but Into the Weird isn't just any regular comic book show, folks. We focus on the really bizarre. Here are a few examples. A sword and sorcery barbarian grown spontaneously from a jar of peanut butter. A duck running for president of the United States. Benjamin Franklin playing hide the sausage with Doctor Strange's girlfriend, Clea. A giant-sized man-thing lamenting the death of a clown. A serial killer obsessed with killing only fools, dressed as cavalier with laser guns after witnessing a priest fornicating. And so much more. So if you like the wonderful weirdness of the Bronze Age from 1970 to 1985, and characters such as Ghost Rider, Morbius, The Defenders, Man-Thing, Son of Satan, Skull the Slayer, Kill Raven, Howard the Duck, and the weird granddaddy of them all, Dr. Stephen Strange, then this is the show for you. ITWs on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and TuneIn. Hit subscribe and join us for a comic-filled jaunt into the weird. Up next, original Avenger Jeremy Renner returns to star as Hawkeye, teaming up with well-known archer from Marvel Comics, Kate Bishop, played by the amazing Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld. We have the Hawkeye series, and their logo for the Hawkeye looks like the uh, Matt Fraction David Aja, Aja series. I want her to be the Hawkeye of the title. Because they're using that. I think it's going to be like that series. They both were Hawkeye. 
it wasn't his series. It wasn't her series. It was their series. Mm-hmm. And I have it's, a feeling that's what they're doing here is that they're both going to be Hawkeye and they're both going to be equally important. It's not just his story with her as a sidekick. It's going to be both of their stories. The the Jeremy Renner Hawkeye is not as much of, of a schmo as that series as Hawkeye was because Clinton Barton was in a place in life during yeah. that time. And, you know, he was not the 1980s West Coast Avengers Clint Barton. He was... He was somebody else. And I don't, you know, Jeremy Renner has a lot more going on in his life than Clint did. Yeah. So even though they're having them team up in it, like in the Aja series, and even though they're using the Logan of the Aja series, I do hope that, that Renner's character is allowed to be a bit more together. Yeah. And I think, I'm wondering if maybe the the way, because th- that was one of the ways they would make both of them be the Hawkeyes, because he was not as together, but while this Renner's Hawkeye is possibly going to be more together because he is married with children, maybe that's why he's going to be less involved because he is more or less semi or retired and married with kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't be running off every five seconds. And this is the Jeremy Renner Hawkeye who lived through, you know, life as Ronan and yes. went through basically the most hellish version of his life he could imagine, and then got back his lost life, which, you know, talk about wish fulfillment fantasies. That's the, you know, so many people wish they could have, he actually got it. So I'm sure he's going to treasure that possibly a lot more. Mm-hmm. And um, you're right. That could definitely influence his, uh, his choices in the story there. By the way, Looking at the cast in there, you know who's also listed in the cast? Stature? No, that's another movie. Okay. Florence Pugh, or Pugh, I don't know how to pronounce her name, as Yelena Belova, who is playing that character in the Black Widow movie. <gasps> She's coming back. Yeah, she'll be in this she'll be in the show. This might be a worthwhile time to go ahead and just kind of mention the Black Widow movie because it didn't get tweeted by Marvel and there's nothing yes. new, I think, announced, but it is the next Marvel screen release coming down the pike yeah let me bring that up black widow may 7th 2021 is expected mm-hmm. and it's gonna have uh what was her name yelena belova yeah which was the second black widow that was introduced i believe by devin grace in like 2000 around the two, early 2000s the blonde one mm-hmm. and it's gonna have um her uh in the comics, at least, her husband, the Red Guardian, Natasha's husband. Yeah, I, I kind of, from the impression I got from the trailer, it looks like he's going to be her father. Because it looks like I got the impression that Yelena and Natasha are going to be sisters. And I believe, I can't, at least that's the impression I got from the trailer, that Red Guardian and uh, Rachel Weisz's character are their parents. Okay. Okay. We don't know who Rachel Weisz is playing? Well, it's a character called Melina Vostokov. But I don't know who that is off the top of my head. A Russian spy who's been through the Red Room's Black Widow program. Okay. Is that the comic version you're looking up, or is that just the for the movie? MCU version. MCU version. But she does seem to have a code name of Iron Maiden. She is a comic book character. Okay, I kind of remember Iron Maiden as a character appeared. I, I believe, I, at least I saw her in the all new all new Invaders series. But I believe that was a German hero. But we'll see. I'm just looking up her um, her comics version. Melina Vostokov, Iron Maiden. She was Russian. Um, she was forced to live in the shadow of the legendary Black Widow, 
caused her to develop a deep hatred for the widow. She left the service of Russia and became a freelance assassin and mercenary. So it seems like possibly, I haven't read the entire article, it seems like she went through the same kind of program as Black Widow, but instead of becoming the Black Widow, she became the not Black Widow and <laughs> has resented that second place stature. A former hmm. member of the Femizons. Okay. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to guess that's a 70s thing. Probably. Probably. Oh, speaking of the Black Widow movie, we're also going to get Return of William Hurt as Thaddeus Ross. Yes. So he showed up briefly in the um, Civil War, uh, and he's the only actor and character from the Incredible Hulk movie to have made an appearance in the larger MCU until someone we're going to be talking about. Yes. After Hawkeye, we have She-Hulk arrives in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And Hulk himself, Mark Ruffalo, will appear in the series. Coming to Disney Plus. So we're getting a She-Hulk series. She-Hulk. And I would never in 75 million years have pegged Tatiana Maslany as her, that character. But I love her so much. And I'm glad that she is going to be Jennifer Walters because I want to see what she's going to do. She is literally a chameleon, as her orphan black stuff shows. Yeah. And as of right now, at IMDb, those are the only three cast members listed. But they okay. all claim there are going to be six episodes. So it's not going to be a cameo by Mark Ruffalo. He's actually going to be in six episodes. Um, as well as Tim Roth. So It may be grain of salt on that because they're probably just filling in information that they are, you know, Supposing, but, you know, that's that's true. But we'll see. But at least, I mean, we know Tim Roth is going to be back. So, wow, we're getting characters from the Hulk movie beyond General Boss. Like you said, yeah, he appeared in what, uh, like you said, Civil War and Iron Man 2, I believe, right? No, 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 Tony Stark appears at the end of Hulk. Right. And I like Tim Roth, and I liked him as Emil Blonsky. He is not as young as he used to be which is fine. He was already playing a sort of, I probably should have aged out of the service a while back, but I'm still fighting because it's all I know how to do kind of person. And now it's been 12 more years. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> so, with, with the amount of, if they're going to have him be the abomination, I wonder how much is of Tim Roth we're going to see and how much is just going to be the abomination. Right. So that makes it a little easier. It's worth mentioning that, um, Stark went to go talk to Ross about putting the abomination on the Avengers. Oh, yes, from the consultant. Yes, and they sent him to do it because he did such a bad job of it that now Ross hates the idea and they don't have to deal with the idea because it's a bad idea. (laughs) All right. Uh, Up next, Moon Knight, an original series about a complex vigilante is coming to Disney+. Plus. That's one way of phrasing your description about Moon Knight. Yep, a complex vigilante. That works. And I'm going I'm to assume all these series that they're talking about where they don't have a date is probably 2022. I would imagine. Yeah. But, and all, this is only an announcement. There's no information. It's just, yep, we're making this. Oh, and they have, he's apparently cast. Okay. Oscar Isaac. Oh, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Oscar Isaac as Mark yeah. Spector. Yep. Mark Spector slash Moon Knight. Otherwise known as Apocalypse from X-Men Apocalypse and Poe Dameron from the new Star Wars movies. One of those roles is looked upon favorably. Yes. I can't remember which one it is. 
<laughs> well, that's big. Maybe you blocked out Apocalypse. You know, I re- I I watched it again for the um, Make Ours Marvel not comic special, and I remember liking a lot of it when I saw it the first time around, and only liking those parts this time around. The rest was just like, oh my god. But yeah, wow, Moon Knight. That's they're definitely play up the niche of the Marvel universe. Well, they they did all their big guns, right? Like they're yeah. If, if they want to keep making Marvel shows about Marvel properties, eventually they're going to have to get to D Man. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> or at I least the D list. <laughs> yes. Or the other. Same thing. Now, here's something. The next one is what the reason I'm wondering if maybe why some of these characters are in some of these shows, like Darcy and WandaVision. Okay. Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury, and Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel returns as the Skrull Talos in Marvel Studios' original series, Secret Invasion. Mm, So you're thinking maybe they're not actually the characters? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe some of them won't, you know, maybe that's why some of these people are in random spots, is because it's not them. Interesting. So... You know, this is what I was talking about earlier with Captain Marvel 2, is wondering about how these may or may not be tied together since the Captain Marvel first film did so much to set this up. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they don't, they don't have to do that. There's no reason necessarily they even would do that. But exactly. um, we have learned since that film that Nick Fury has been a Skrull since he went underground in... Um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So Wait, what? Did I know this? Because this, I don't remember this. Okay, so it was it was it was stated, you know, via the internet, oh, okay. um, that the Nick Fury that is revealed to be a Skrull in Spider-Man: um, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one yet. That's why. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's a, that's I, I, pretty I, significant you know spoiler. You say that reminds <laughs> me. I remember hearing about that. I remember seeing something about that. So that's fine. I have the two Spider-Man movies now, but um, when I have time, I did a rewatch of the Phase One, so I'm going to do a rewatch of all of them and watch the Spider-Man movies finally then because I haven't had a chance to watch Homecoming or Far From Home. Oh wow, wow. But okay. I remember seeing the spoilers about that about him being a scroll. So yeah. So um, oh. it's been you know not on screen, but like through word of God canon said that that switch happened way back in the day. Whenever uh-huh. whenever Fury went underground after um, Winter Soldier, Fury never came back. Oh, interesting. Yeah, And I, I remember hearing this and I forgot about it. So there's a good chance by the time I watch Spider-Man, I'll have forgotten about it and be surprised. <laughs> I'll text you. Get, you know, there, there's two ways to experience every story. There's, there's the first time and then there's the second time, right? So, yeah. like, you can watch it all going, oh, and knowing he's a scroll and seeing what he does and go, okay. I'll probably forget and send you a message. Oh my God, Nick Fury's a scroll. Yeah, you knew that. He's been a scroll the whole time. Now, I'm going to mention the next two, and then we'll talk about them because the next two are definitely legacy from a certain, well, from Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, basically. Coming soon to Disney Plus, Dominique Thorne is genius inventor Riri Williams in Ironheart, an original series about the creator of the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. And we have Don Cheadle returns as James Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine, in Armor Wars, an original series coming to Disney+. Plus. A classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fears coming true. 
what happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands? Yes. I am definitely looking forward to Armor Wars because I like Don Cheadle as, as Rhodey. So I am looking forward to him, if he's not getting his own movie, to at least headline his own show. Right, right. And and like like the um, Winter Soldier Falcon TV show, this feels like I mean, we've had very little on the announcement, but it feels like they're continuing the story of their characters who are no longer headlining by taking the characters who are still headlining. You know, yeah, it's like I said, kind of story things they can't necessarily do in the comics, and yet they're taking comic stories. That those characters were in, but they make sense to use without them. Like mm-hmm. the original John Walker story where he's replacing Steve Rogers as Cap. Well, you could still do that without Captain there. It's even, you know, it's even makes more sense for somebody to try and replace him. Right. And the same thing with Armor Wars. With Tony dead now, people might be get, trying to get his armor. I mean, if without, a, without a Tony Stark there to protect them, it might be easier for somebody to steal the armor. Yeah, so it's 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 really interesting new storytelling opportunities, and I can hear the excitement from the writers' juices. You know, the the creative that creative juices flow of from the writers that they can do stuff now because it's like in comics you always have to go back to type, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not happening quite as much or quite as extensively as it used to do. Because they're a lot of they're letting a lot of subtle changes stick, and those subtle changes build over time, and and the Marvel universe looks very different than it did even ten years ago, much less twenty years ago. When you can make changes in your films that you, even the comics wouldn't allow, that's just got to be fun. And now, no one is according to IMDb. There's no one cast for those two series, but the main title roles. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, will we maybe because he was a big part of the original Armor Wars. Will we get uh, Stain? Not Stain, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, God, who was the other guy from Iron Man 2 all of a sudden? I, I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Whiplash? No. The guy behind Hammer. him. Justin Hammer. Hammer. Justin Hammer, thank you. Will we get Justin Hammer back, maybe? Because he was a big part of that. A lot of fact, times, a lot of the villains Tony Stark fought were villains who basically, armored villains who basically uh, Hammer was, like, funding. Was that kind of like the the first big Justin Hammer story? Maybe. Here's the thing. I've never read it. I just know from what I've read about it. So I can't say for certain. I'm just doing a little bit of searching. Um, Justin Hammer first appeared in Iron Man 120 and nice. Armor Wars. I Armor was Wars later. is 225. So definitely okay, not so. his first appearance, at least. No. But we don't. I don't know how big he was beforehand. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And like I said, like you said, I like that they're continuing on the legacy of these characters, even though they're gone. Right. Okay. The next two are also related. Like the, like these two are related to Iron Man. The next two are re- all next two announcements are related. The guardians of the galaxy holiday special. James Gunn is back to write and direct. <laughs> this original special is coming to Disney plus in 2022. I'm going to assume in December. Sounds reasonable. Uh, yeah. And considering it's James Gunn do, doing it, I would not be surprised if most or not all of the gu- actual Guardians show up. Now, of course, we don't know whether this is live action or animated. Right. I, get, I hadn't even thought. I just figured it would be the third, uh, the third Guardians title. But we'll see that. But you know, I, I would not be surprised if, mo- if what, however version it is, we'll see them back. Yeah. Or at least a good chunk of them. And we also have everyone's favorite little tree, Baby Groot, will start a series of shorts on Disney Plus featuring several new and unusual characters. 
I Am Groot, an original series from Marvel Studios, is coming to Disney Plus. Okay, that's that's cute, and I like that. We love we love Groot, yeah, especially Baby Groot. Come on, that that opening sequence of Guardians of the Galaxy two where he's dancing around is the best part of the film. Honestly, he's, and he's, he's freaking adorable. I wonder how much that's going to actually be. It doesn't have to tie in, obviously, but I'm doing the exact same thing as same people were doing earlier. Is this going to be Baby Groot stories that like matter, or is this just going to be like the antics of a childhood tree? You know, it just makes me wonder how they're going to make that feel like it's needs it's important viewing. You know? Yeah, I think it's just going to be his antics when whatever the Guardians are doing something in between the two movies when he was still a baby. Gotcha. That's my guess. Probably a way to attract younger viewers. How um, how inspired do you think this was by the success of Baby Yoda? Oh, I'm sure very much. And they're like, oh my god, we have one for Marvel. Right. And now we need a Baby Yoda, Baby Groot crossover. Yes. And Baby Yoda has those ears. They're kind of like tree branches. Yeah. So, But either way, that should, I think that will prove amusing. I think so, too. But yeah, I think it's going to fit in with... I think if you're going to have as much trouble fitting that in as if you try to fit in Muppet Babies with Muppets. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 just don't. Just go with it. Just go with it. Just watch it. Well, that does actually bring us in that didn't get any play at all. All of those animated projects that were announced, mm-hmm. like with the, um, whenever Loki and everything was announced back in the day, they announced a handful of animated projects as well. And we got nothing about that at the expo. Oh, that's right. Uh, like so, the are there are the Avengers and and um, well, I I thought I remember hearing Squirrel that. Girl. The, I don't know about those. I thought I, or Modok, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. one was Modok. I thought I remember hearing at least one of them was like a, I think it was a Tiger Dazzler, and that was canceled. Oh no! Okay, I thought so at least. Going up next, what they have Academy Award-winning actor Christian Bale, aka Batman will join the cast of Thor, Love, Love and Thunder as the villain Gore the God Butcher in theaters May 6, 2022. It's interesting because they're basically tying the two ends. Now, okay, I have not read any of the Jane Foster Thor run, so maybe Gore the God Butcher came back in that. But I know that Gore the God Butcher was the main big bad uh, whenever that writer started his run. Yeah, the first, that Thor series he did that last like what twenty five issues before the before uh, Fear itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only read the first six issues that only that six issue miniseries. I guess you can call it a miniseries that, of uh, Jane Foster Thor, the one that came out and ended with issue six because of Secret War, Secret Wars. Although I will say it was really good. So it looks like the um, animated projects from back in the day have been canceled. Because the uh, service they were going to air on Freeform said they would no longer air the show. Ah, okay. And that was November 1st, 2017. I don't know how much that played in with the fact of um, them losing the Cloak and Dagger show as well. Mm. Maybe there's a falling out between Marvel and Freeform. I don't know. All right. Well, now we get your news about stature. Okay. Peyton Reed is back to direct the third Ant-Man film, Ant-Man of the Wasp, Quantumania. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer all return. Catherine Newton joins the cast as Cassie Lang and Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. Wow. Okay, who's playing Cassie? 
Catherine Newton. I know her from the show Supernatural. She played the character. I don't know if you ever watched that. No, I see her face, though. Okay, so different actor than the one who was playing younger Cassie. She, yeah, she was in Supernatural. If anyone watched Supernatural, she played Claire, Cassiel's daughter. Mm-hmm. She starred in Bad Teacher. She She's was in sh- Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Yeah, Lucy Stevens. She was in the show on, I think it was on Netflix, to The Society, playing Allie. Okay. And 14 episodes of playing Abigail Carson on something called Big Little Lies. I've heard of the name Big Little Lies. I've never seen an episode. Um, I have to go back and watch Pokemon Detective Pikachu again. Because yeah, like I, I really loved it the first time. Like I said, I only I mainly know her from Supernatural. Yeah, they recast, but they they, they do that a lot, especially for characters. I mean, to be fair... Rage. Yeah, and to be fair, also the one who played young Cassie in the uh, in Endgame was only in for there for like two minutes. It's not like she had a big part of the movie. Right. They just brought her back, kind of like they brought back the Iron Man three boy. Yeah. It was just just to get that that acknowledgement of that person in there. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they cast her because she well maybe she's better or more experienced actress. I'm wondering if we're setting up a young Avengers because I mean we have America, we have mm-hmm. Kate Bishop, we have. Uh, stature now, and right. are we going to get something that will give us an indication of uh, Wiccan and Hulkling from, from the Wandavision it? series? Exactly. Will she be creating her children there? Well, she's pregnant in the film. You can see it. Ah, I don't, I don't remember. That. I have to go back and watch. Well, I will be going back to watch eventually. In one of the trailers, there's a shot of two cribs, two bassinets. <sighs> oh, well, then maybe that's possible. So we might be setting up. Young Avengers, whether it's for movies or TV shows. Certainly getting the characters in play, if nothing else. Yeah. And the final announcement I have here, John Watts will direct a new feature film. From oh, wait, wait, first... actually, but, oh, sorry, before you go into that, we have to talk about King the Conqueror. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. freaking Kang. Kang is coming. Now, Kang is one of the biggest names of antagonists that I was like, why haven't we seen this person yet? And I realize that you can't bring in Kang whenever you have Thanos going on because Kang cannot stand in someone else's shadow. But who did, whom did they cast as Kang? Uh, hold on, go back to that real quick. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Nope, I just... His name is Jonathan Majors. Uh, he plays Atticus Freeman in Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Okay, I've seen his face on the Lovecraft Country ads, and that may be the only place I've seen him. Uh, I'm just going through his list. I have not seen any of those films. Neither I have have not I. seen either of those shows. Okay. But yeah, so he's Kang. So I wonder if all these things are, are they setting up a new, is the new big thing going to be time? Because I mean, between the Ant-Man and the Wasp being here and also potentially what's going on with maybe, you know, time reality, what's going on with WandaVision and Loki. Oh, you know what that could steer toward is a friggin' Secret Wars. Mm. It doesn't have to at all but you know that they like to think long term with these things they're at least before they were always building towards something and we didn't know what it was until they told us what it was but i feel like it's the sort of thing that might be building toward because that was of course the big you know time shakedown event in marvel history relatively recently well i mean did you see the casting announcements for spider-man so many people from other Spider-Man films, right? Not just that. If I'm correct, Charlie Cox, a.k.a. Daredevil from the Netflix series, has been cast. Oh. 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 
Okay. Wow. Let me double check that. There's a lot of, I know there were a lot of like rumors of who might be cast. I don't see him listed on his Wikipedia page, but that doesn't mean anything necessarily. But if you look him up, you can see, see a lot of articles about it that he's supposedly going to be rumored to start, uh, supposed to be in uh, Spider Man. Okay. So, and of course, we have, I believe, then they say Toby McGuire, Kirsten Dunst, Alfred Molina will be back. I did not hear about a lot of those. I heard about Alfred Molina, but so they're they're definitely doing something. And of course, I the the image I saw, which may have been just fan created, showed six different antagonists in the next Spider-Man film, as far as actors who had been announced. And that's a magical number with Spider-Man. Yes, that is. All right, so we got one more announcement here, and it relates to Spider-Man behind the scenes. John Watts will direct the new feature film for Marvel's first family, Fantastic Four. Mm. And I believe, from what I checked, he's the director of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming of Far From Home. Yes. So getting a Spider-Man vibe for a Fantastic Four film gets a huge thumbs up in my book. For an entire decade, those were Marvel's two big stars. Yes. At least a decade. You know, in the 70s, Marvel branched out and other, other characters started taking more of, of, a, of, of a fame level. But it was the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man for so long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are the two big ones, at least through the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then into the age, the X-Men became, the X-Books became the big thing. Right. So, yeah, I am definitely down with that. Um, will they take another ultimate approach? Will they do something closer to the 616 version? Who knows? I think if they announce they're taking an ultimate approach, people are going to naysay it. But the fact that the last Fantastic Four film took an ultimate Fantastic Four approach was the least problematic thing of that film. <laughs> that was actually the best part of the film was the first hour. You know, whenever they're, they're doing their origin story, regardless of how you feel about the film, it goes downhill from there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. I am very looking forward to that one. Now, the question, of course, is when will it take place? Would it need to take place another time? Well, I mean, are they going to do a... I mean, because a lot of people wonder, like, for instance, Fantastic Four, Marvel's first family. Well, it will it be... Will they retro, re- retroactively have it in the 60s? Kind of like how the, um, the Ant-Man was in the 60s. Exactly. Or, I don't know, of his age, I would have to say more 70s, 80s. Yeah, but you're still, right. Bef- it was before everything, God. you know, before the Captain Marvel series movie from the which took place in like ninety something, the early nineties. I hadn't thought about that. Um, at, at first glance, I feel like I don't want that. Like I want Fantastic Four to be contemporary with everyone else. But you know, that doesn't really mean they, they can't make it work and be awesome because they're really good at making things work and be awesome. Yeah, I mean, they could do something su- simple with a. Uh, I mean, I thought of this a while ago. It's like, all they have to do is introduce a thing where, like, Doom did something that made everyone forget. Mm-hmm. And they're trapped in a negative zone or something. So they come back now, you know, have them come back later on, and now they're coming back currently. And it, But they still were there, but everyone forgot them. Kind of like how kind of like how they did with uh, Spider-Man's identity after uh, when they got rid of it, when his identity went public in Civil War, and then they wouldn't forget. Right. And then when he was like having people remember, it would be like, oh, and now they remember everything once they have them remember. Like when they had the Fantastic Four remember who he is. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. 
Boom, you get to do both. You get to you know start them off in the sixties and then bring them to current. It does a little bit beg the question then why have them in the sixties in the first place? But like I said, they're good at they're good at making things awesome. Yeah. But that's everything they've announced. Uh, there's one other thing. Um, they did announce that they're not going to recast Chadwick Boseman. Okay. So, there's some question about, of course, you know, once a character actor of a character who's continuing, once the actor dies, what are they going to do? And they had to make an announcement. Now, how do you feel about that? I wasn't sure because, I mean, I wasn't sure which one's the right way to go either way. Mm-hmm. So, but they know what the, between having respect for the man and also the fact that they which and also the fact because I mean it's still their pin tweet for Marvel Studios is a, a, a tribute to him right but also the fact that they have for the most part I mean at least personally for me are there some movies I prefer more than others yes but is there a movie I hate that I thought was bad no I haven't thought any of them were bad Mm-hmm. Not great. I me, mean, I would go with maybe like not that great, you know, not that good. But I wouldn't call any of them bad. So I figure whatever where they're going to go with, I'll accept. Right. They, they hopefully they were thinking it out more than just do we recast or not. They were thinking more long term, which they've been doing, obviously. And that's what I'm thinking is probably informing their decision is 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 long term because, I mean. In other franchises, they're dealing with the fact that their characters have moved on because the character, the the actors no longer play the characters. So the fact that, you know, Chadwick Boseman died, it leaves them in a somewhat different situation, but they can easily have the same answer. My thoughts were that when you have a major shift like this, and your choice is to not respond to it by, like, you know, setting it aside and leaving it as a loss. It tends to enshrine that moment. And yeah. so now it's like they're saying, we will never revisit T'Challa at all. And it's, it's, a, it's like, since they're not recasting soon, they won't be able to recast for a very long time for, like, any future versions of a Marvel film anything. And there, there, there are there are downsides to that. There are downsides to not ever having T'Challa stories again. Yeah, but doesn't mean they have to stop Black Panther. Maybe they decided it would be more worth. They could have more story ideas going with Shuri as the Black right. Panther. Like I said, yeah, they, 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 and they're doing that with other characters, so they can do that with Black Panther too. I just, yeah. you know, they didn't have to do that. And now they'll never be able to take it back and change their minds and say, actually, yeah, T'Challa is still around. Yeah, you know, but well, until even though they announced it, until actually something happens in the movies, they can still change their minds. Mm -hmm. Because until we actually get announcements that T'Challa is he is dead, and we see the new Black Panther movie, and it's sure he's a Black Panther, and her, you know, we have a memorial for her brother. I mean, even though they've announced that, it doesn't mean it's set in stone because they can change their minds and go, you know what, we have a better idea, we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Why not? You know, it hasn't happened yet. You know, it hasn't been filmed yet, so we'll but see. Yeah, lots and lots and lots of awesome coming down the pike. Yeah. Oh, I definitely have to keep Disney Plus now. <laughs> 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 they have made it that I cannot say no. Had you considered saying no, you fool? Plus, it's a great way for me to watch all the Marvel movies now, without, you know, not counting the ones I already own, because they're all there. 
They're all there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Like the Spider-Man movies, which is what you're going to go do when we hang up the phone here is you're going to go watch them. <laughs> actually, right now, what I've been doing is I've been going back because Disney Plus actually has, unlike Netflix, Disney Plus has all the extra features on the movies. Oh, really? Yeah. And That's pretty great. You were talking to the guy who, back in the day, bought the deluxe edition of the Lord of the Rings movies and watched all of them. I watched a good chunk of them. I don't so, think I made it through all of them, but it was so, it was great stuff. I love the story. I love the story of going out to dinner with the guy who played uh, Gimli. It's oh, like, Johnny Stavies, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, what do you have? You have pheasants? Yes, I would like five pheasants. Oh, partridge? Yes, bring the partridge. I had like 17 steaks and just ordering for the entire table, you know? <laughs> so... I've been going through recently, the last few weeks, instead of watching an actual movie, I've been going back and watching all the extra features from the Phase 1 movies that I watched. I might have to do that now, now that I know that that's there, because I've seen those movies a number of times, but seeing stuff about those movies would be really cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed the last movie that I sat down and watched special features on was Man of Steel, and like getting all the like the creative backgrounds on the Krypton stuff was just very, very cool. I'm up to... I finished Thor last week, so I'm watching the Captain America stuff tonight. Good, good, good. But yeah, and then so, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. I'll get you. Shawarma after. Yeah, then Shawarma. But yeah, so that is the announced stuff for Marvel for movies and TV shows. So, wow. There. So something for everybody, if you like the, as long as you like the Marvel stuff. You know, I, I I hate keeping saying there's one more thing. There's there is one more thing that also didn't get tweeted about because I guess there are no updates, but it is coming and it's coming soon. The Eternals film. Oh, that's right. I am looking forward to that because I like the Eternals. I like the Eternals. I am seriously wondering what they're going to do with them. Like, what story are they going to tell with these guys, and how are they going to make it tie into? Other- they say it's a saga that's going to span thousands of years. That's fantastic. But what is the story they're going to tell (laughs) and how is it going to matter? I'm just so intrigued by the idea that this film exists. Yeah. And that's scheduled to come out November 5th of 2021. Okay. So we got our May and November films of next year. And if theater doesn't work, they're coming to Disney plus. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. And there's one character who's introduced in there. Who's not an eternal. The black Knight. Yes. Dane Whitman. And he was in, was he in the game in black, uh, Eternal series is that why they're using him? No, because when they did back back with the uh, quote unquote jacket Avengers, mm-hmm. when Cersei was a member of the team, the big story arc that ends with three seventy five was about the relationship between her and the Black Knight. And in fact, it ends with them basically being thought dead, but actually he went over to the Ultraverse at the time. Okay, but they were definitely a huge part of each other's lives. So. Cersei and, and Dane Whitman, that's the tie between those two. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So I'm assuming there will be something going on between him and uh, let's playing Cersei again here. Gemma Chan, Cersei. You've met a mortal, and I love him. This should be fun. I'm looking for this. Plus, come on, Salma Hayek. Right. Oh yeah, the cast of that film is outrageous. And Salma Hayek is playing Ajax. If you remember the series, he's the one that they meet up in the in the Incan ruins in like issue two of the original Kirby one with that bizarre helmet. Mm-hmm. God, I hope they have some kind of reference to that. I would love that. They, 
the world needs more Kirby manifest in film. Exactly. We'll be back with John to finish up the episode in just a few minutes, but first let's cover our feedback. This time we are talking about feedback from episode 123, in which Rick from Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, and Tim Price, the podcrasher, from the Outcasters podcast, helped me cover Frankenstein Alive Alive, issues 1 and 2, which was part of the Mephisto vs. the Podcasters crossover. And on Facebook, the episode got likes and shares from, well, I don't know, because once again, thanks to Facebook privacy settings, I could not see who did that. I saw somebody did, but I couldn't see who they were. So thank you, unknown people. On Twitter, we can at least see who liked and retweeted the episode. And that was Nexus of All Realities, Viet Huynh Toys and Sometimes Jokes, Adeline Rising Podcast, Connor McKenna, Last Sons of Krypton, Capes and Lunatics, Jason Snick Venable, MX Jeffrey Brown, Doc Strange, Tim Price, the Podcrasher, Victor Frankenstein, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Darcy, Sailor Bear Zodar, Comics in the Golden Age, Limax 7, Trans Lesbian Planet Eater, Actorus the Moo Cow, Brian underscore Burge, Coffee and Comics, and Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Normally, the next thing I would do is thank a few more of the people who have been liking our page on Tumblr, but we're going to do something different this time. I realize I'm forgetting to do this. Some of the episodes on Tumblr have been getting likes from people on there, and I want to make sure I thank those people. So thank you to Andy Serino and Winter-Ready-to-Comply for liking episode 114, Shaky Pigment for liking episode 117A, Pale Winter Peanut Cop for liking episode 117B, Emmanuel Photographies for liking episodes 116, 118, 119, 120, and 123, and finally, Halcusenia123 for liking episode 125. Thank you all. Now, if you want to hear more from me, you can always check me out on the L-E-G-I-O-N-P-O-D cast, which you can find every Friday on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters feed. On there, we cover the late 80s, early 90s sci-fi DC series Legion. Now, if you want to hear your name read out on the episode, it's very easy. Just like and share our episode posts on any of the various social media we put them on. So there's our Tumblr page. ResurrectionsAdamWarlock.tumblr.com On Facebook, just type in the search box Adam Warlock or Thanos will pop up. And if you actually do like our episodes on there and then you hear later on I couldn't read who it was, please let me know it was you. On Twitter, you can follow us there. We are at AdamThanosPod. Besides liking and sharing, you can also talk to us about comics. We don't just talk about Marvel Cosmic or even DC Cosmic. All types of comics. On Apple Podcasts, you can always leave us a review, particularly a five-star one. That would be awesome, and I would read that on the air. And if you don't hear me read it after a while, please send me a message and let me know, because maybe I just didn't see it. How can you send me a message? That's a great question. You can send it as an email. Resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. Speaking of which, we have a second email from David Spafforth to read. Unfortunately, John and I ran out of recording time, so we weren't able to read this one together, but I'm going to take care of that right now. David sent this one on October 30th, entitled Civil War vs. Annihilation. Hi, Al. I remembered something when you and Jim talked about sticking with the Abnett Landing Cosmic Marvel while Mainstream Marvel was doing Civil War. Have you ever read the what-if comic called something like 
What if Annihilation came to Earth? It had the premise that the cosmic heroes couldn't stop the Annihilation wave, and it continued on, eventually reaching Earth, interrupting that final Captain America vs. Iron Man fight at the end of Civil War. And you get the wonderful line from Nova that really put it into context. Billions of people have died across the galaxy, and you're squabbling about secret identities? And FYI, for when you return to your occasional coverage of death as a character, the mid-70s War is Hell series has just been uploaded to Marvel Unlimited. The series featured Death as a fairly active character, sending a newly dead John Kowalski on missions across various World War II battlefields. It was Claremont's first regular writing gig. I've always enjoyed the Friends and Enemies segment and would love to join you one day if you like. Have you got anyone lined up for the Marvel 2-in-1 Her trilogy? That was out around the time I really got started reading U.S. comics. Cheers, David. Okay, so first of all, that What If issue I have not read, but I might have to look for that now. I'll have to see if it's on Marvel Unlimited. Now, about the War is Hell series, I did know about that series, and I was planning on getting to that eventually for our death coverage. I didn't know it was on Marvel Unlimited, so that makes things easy, because right now, the only I had the first issue, because I wasn't able to find it so far physically, was to buy the trade from Marvel called Ghost Stories, which came out in, let's see, in 2011. It's one of those weird size trades. It's not manga-sized, but it's not full comic size either. It's somewhere in the middle. And this reprints a bunch of random ghost stories from Captain America, number 326, Ghost Rider, the 1973 series, 12, Hellstorm, number 6, Silver Surfer, his 1968 series, 8 and 9, Tomb of Dracula, 23, War is Hell, number 9, and West Coast Avengers, number 41. But nice to know it's on Marvel Unlimited. So either way, I should be able to get to that. And finally, about you being on, well, that Marvel 2-1 issues, we will be covering that, but that has already been set up with a guest. But don't worry, David, about the same time this episode comes out, I will be sending you an email, and we're going to talk about that. So don't worry, people, you will be hearing David's voice at some point, most likely this year. All right, that's just about it for the feedback. Just want to say one more thing. This show is part of The Collective Network. The Collective is a group of podcasters who decided to network in the very traditional sense, basically sharing each other's episodes and posts and helping promote each other any way we can. And in fact, we are going to play a promo for one of The Collective episodes right now. Hey there. I'm sure you know about the Capes and Lunatics podcast, but have you heard about the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast? It's a fun home for classic and new reviews of just about everything. We have the Ultimate Spider Cast, where we cover everything Spider Man. The Quantum Zone, where we talk the classic Marvel character Quasar and do deep dives on the cosmic side of Marvel. We also have Comic Capers, where we cover everything old and new in comics. It could be anything, any company, any decade. And we also have our Media Mondays, where we cover some kind of TV show, be it a Arrowverse uh, current hits or our summer specials where we do reviews of uh, classic episodes of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff Angel. So, if you're a fan of pop culture and media, you should really check it out. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I think I'm out of one more things. Okay. Well, one more thing. John, <laughs> tell people where else to find you. 
Okay. Well, um, I podcast. I podcast about Marvel. I podcast about Marvel every week. I podcast about Marvel every week in a show that is called Make Hours Marvel. And so if you like the Marvel Universe and you like to go back to its roots, uh, my friend Michael Kaiser and I started with the Fantastic Four number one in 1961, and we've been making our way forward. We've covered over five years of the beginning of Marvel history, talking about every Marvel Universe uh, issue in the order that it was uh, published. So go check that out at makearsmarvel.com or search makearsmarvel on your favorite podcatcher on Audible. We should be there. Um, I do a couple other shows. Uh, I do a show about Transformers, comics and cartoons from the 1980s. That's called Return to Cybertron. And on the uh, cartoon coverage episodes of that, my younger son, my young son, who is just younger, you know, not anyways, he's there. And um, we have a delight. But since we are currently in an era of um, coverage that does not involve any cartoon productions, he and I have started a separate show called Dino Squad Goals which is a ridiculous title, but we couldn't come up with a better one. And it's about the um, the Japanese superhero show that was the source material for the first season of Power Rangers. That is uh, Kyoryu Sentai Jurenja. So um, that is av- uh, that show is available uh, with subtitles now. And so we're just talking about those episodes um, in a loose, you know, watch and pause and talk kind of kind of format. So yeah, those are uh, those are all out there. Search any uh, podcatcher for Return to Cybertron or Baker's Marvel, and the Dino Squad goals is also on the Return to Cybertron feed. Okay, and links for all that, just like the trailers that we talked about in the show, will be in the show notes. And I'm also on Twitter, so everything's there too. John reads comics with no H. Yep, that's an easy way to find his stuff. Just go to his Twitter, and everything's listed on the uh, pin tweet. He makes it very simple. I try. All right. Well, that's it. Well, thank you again, John, for being on here. Thank you for having me. And we'll see everyone next year. All right. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page.